I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He's taking the bait. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. And I'm your TV guy, Brett White. And I'm also a reporter producer for Decider.com. And by that flub of me not stopping, you know what that means. This is a quarantine episode. I'm not editing anything. There's going to be no sound clips from the episodes and no music. It's just going to be pure unfiltered really gay good talk about I Dream of Jeannie, and you're going to love it because, honestly, <laughs> this is our life now. <laughs> um, and you know me, I'm going to be vacillating back between laughing and crying because that is quarantine life, baby, 2020. This week, it's super special. It's basically like Pride Month just never ended, or it went away for July, which was an awful month, and it's come back in August, which is, I don't know, still awful. <laughs> uh, this week, I am joined by... From RuPaul's Drag Race Season 12, Jackie Cox. Hi, Brad. Hi. And the, like, producer mastermind behind the amazing TLC show, Dragnificent Mike Kelton. Woohoo! Hi. <laughs> wow. You're crushing it, Brett. This I, is iconic. <laughs> yeah. I have more energy now just hearing your intro than I've had the last Wait. five months in quarantine. <laughs> shooting you guys full of energy. <laughs> Love it. Salam uh, is welcome. My goodness. How exciting. Wow. Yeah. So I'm super glad to have a... Um, a consortium of drag uh, knowledge from all across the spectrum on the podcast at once. Uh, I mean, it's going to be Dragnificent. <laughs> it, it will be. <laughs> Thank you. Would you mind just saying that one more time for the blip? Yeah, we're yeah, gonna, dra- it's Dragnificent. Drag me down the aisle into Dragnificent. Yeah. Google all the titles, honey, and get into it. <laughs> well, but, we're here, you know? Yeah, bum-bum-bum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Canada's Drag Race. Um. Oh, I mean... I would like, Jackie, what are you thinking of Canada's Drag Race? Can you actually talk about that? You're Canadian. Are you loving it? I love it. What's <laughs> not to love? I think these queens are excited to be there. They have so much energy and I live for it, um, you know, and it's the country of my birth. So I'm so happy. And yeah, I got nothing but good things to say about Canada's drag race. 2020 has been a great year uh, for for drag. And, you know, it also was a great year. 1968 <laughs> this week Ooh. we are traveling to december 9th 1968 funny girl rolled the box office i heard it through the grapevine by marvin gay top the charts and nbc aired the i dream of genie episode how to marry an astronaut jackie and mike you must have seen how to marry an astronaut before today oh my goodness I, oh my i i think i've watched sure watched every episode of i dream of genie but definitely because you know 
as we'll get into it, yeah. all the episodes that feature Jeannie's evil twin sister are are my are my can. i i unlike jack i haven't seen every episode but if you go and ask like the like 11 year old closeted gay version of me i have watched every episode of i dream of genie because i think like i just like sat there and whenever it was on i could like smell it i was like i need to turn on tv land right now yeah and i would just watch it but i definitely watched this one and i love an evil twin energy and i love a i love a wedding i love a wedding where people switch places because that's great i guess this episode has it all so if, if if viewers if listeners have not watched drag race then you don't know that jackie cox made i dream of genie hella relevant in the year 2020 this year mm-hmm. um because it stinks I, I i did what i could yeah. you know i wanted i wanted to give some context for uh, a little bit of my love for virginie which spilled into my season of drag race <laughs> um and talk about a little bit in addition to just it being like a colorful TV show with like, you know, a, a, a gorgeous girl wearing bright colors and, you know, handsome men who are wearing uniforms. Oh, yes. <laughs> the only bit, one of the only bits of representation of any sort of Middle Eastern culture I saw on TV that wasn't, you know, the Gulf War when I was a kid. Yeah. Which isn't to say much, but, you know, remember that, uh, you know, Barbara Eden <laughs> did speak Farsi, uh, which is the, the language of Iran, which is the language I grew up speaking with my mom in the very first episode. And so talked about that little bit the show and mm-hmm. you know i've gotten i've gotten dragged for it. I'm like don't d- doesn't doesn't she know that barbara eden's not persian and i'm like yeah i'm pretty sure i know that barbara eden's not persian <laughs> look at her it was i mean it was the closest thing i had as a season kid, one know? is in black and white so like i don't know maybe <laughs> but like that show comes screaming in color and it is very clear she is a spar <laughs> It's a. Yeah. She's really not Persian. I can co- confidently say that Barbara is not Persian. I mean, I can but, confidently yeah. say like no people of color in this cast. Uh, period. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. None. Um, and and you know that's that's okay. It was the '60s yeah. network television, and uh, you know we have to keep in mind that it wasn't until I believe '67, '68 we had the first interracial kiss on mm-hmm. TV on Star, Star Trek. Trek. So you know the, of my two my two loves uh, <laughs> in this world. So uh, you know it's obvious it was a different time, and um, you know at least there was some, and at least it was a positive portrayal. Sure, it was full of stereotypes, but at least it was uh, you know terrorists and bombs which is the more common trail in media from the 70s and on so at least yeah. at least the moment in the 60s where um, the middle east was more fun <laughs> <laughs> so like what is it so like just in general i i think we all actually share the same like mike when you were talking about how like you could just like sense that it was on that just like brought back mm-hmm. so many memories like i remember when it hit nick at night and i was just obsessed with this show more so than bewitched which is also you know gay canon um mm-hmm. and i I'm trying to figure out, like, why is it just like it was just like bright and colorful and irreverent and fun? Strong female lead. Yeah. What is it? I wonder for me, I wonder if it's because Bewitched, though it is, though it is gay canon in its own way. Uh It was at the end of the day about, um, you know, married straight couple living in the burbs. Mm -hmm. Whereas Mm -hmm. there's something a little queerer about, you know, an unmarried couple for most of the series living in Florida. And like, (laughs) yeah, he's an astronaut. That's a much sexier job than a, you know, advertising. Yeah, for sure. She feels like a beard to me, like for most of the series. Right. Right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. 
She's I, like my Tracy Goldenberg for like middle school or honestly my Sarah Michelle Geller, who was my like my official beard in middle school. I was like, I like I think Buffy's hot. And everyone's like, you're gay. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I had a I had a Buffy poster on my wall under the guise of, yeah, I have a crush on her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Both of you beat my beard in middle school was Jerry Ryan, seven of nine Star Trek Voyager. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go, friends. I had her poster in my locker. And uh, that's that on that. <laughs> This this now feels like it could be one of those like Cosmo digital videos asking like homeless gay men. It's like it's like who is your middle school beard? Because <laughs> we all had one. Yeah. So like I also so but I should have known I was gay because one of the main draws to the show for me were uh, Larry Hagman and Bill Daly because even yes. I've had a type for a very long time and just honestly men in uniform for one thing is. You're getting me. You're getting me. You're getting my interest. Hot and problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's how I like them. Um, But I just like had the biggest crushes on Roger and Tony. And so I just rewatched this episode in my quarantine binging. It's from, I think, season three or four. I think it's like the mod party episode. They go to a party and Jeannie like blinks them into togas and then she blinks them out into the woods to go hunting in their like little Greek togas. And love it. And Tony gets like um, caught in like a net and gets hoisted up and his skirt falls down. He's wearing this like black and white striped briefs and the rain and they're soaking wet and they're both like wrestling trying to get him down and watching that for the first time in like 25 26 years or whatever it just all came back to me like oh my god i remember every frame of this scene (laughs) yeah i think i think i wondered right because you know on on bewitched darren doesn't really have that best buddy counterpart you know he he has his boss Mm -hmm. is kind of like somewhat his male sidekick but you know here on genie you know major nelson has major healy and still he has uh, a, Mm -hmm. a, a boss you know there's definitely that this is you're you're my best guy. We're both dealing with this crazy woman who would want a half naked girl in my apartment. He's so put this out by her too. He's so he he Major Nelson is also like he's a bachelor who's also like this fucking half naked woman in my house is driving me crazy and is so annoying. It's, right. It's kind of big that, gay energy in a way. That is pretty huge gay. gay energy. Yeah. Huge gay energy. Like, the gayest thing you could do is have a man walk into an apartment in Florida with Palm Springs energy and see a half naked woman in like, like that's like, looks like the wind could blow and it could fall off of her body and him to be like, I need you to get out of here. <laughs> <It's too much. laughs> You're ruining my life. Uh, so, and then, so the other reason that I wanted you on is because we have a canonical gay on the show. Hayden Rourke, who plays Dr. Bellows is uh, also has a big real life gay energy, which so did y'all clock that? Did y'all know that before I started screaming about it nonstop online? I don't think I knew it, like, in my body, but I think <laughs> I, like, did not know it. Yeah. Like, you saying yeah. it, I wasn't like, what? It was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, this is right. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I also wasn't aware um, as as a kid. I think as a, as a kid watching these shows and having a bit of, like, queer identity and seeing it as an adult, I think you were just drawn to the things that you are attracted to and then realizing that the people who actually were you were either like the villains or like the asshole, like, Mm. like uh, bosses or like the snarky men who everyone hated. And you're like, that's me. (laughs) 
now yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> like i love cobra commander to this day for like that exact reason cobra commander is just one of my all-time divas <laughs> mateo a... mateo lane has this really funny bit of like all disney villains mm-hmm. are gay men yeah and he does jafar and he, it's like it's so funny but it's like so accurate and then the female villains are like the icons that gay men love like maleficent is like it's, that's our goddess we're yeah. like yes slay bitch you know what i mean <laughs> it's inter- it's interesting because we're gonna go vil- ahead and like say vilified. i think ursula just is a gay man just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah ursula's a, a drag queen <laughs> like, yeah that's just thousand percent that 100 yes. so let's get into the episode love Let's it into it this week on must have seen tv we're talking about the i dream of genie episode how to marry an astronaut it is the 10th episode of season four and was written by james henderson and directed by hal cooper here's how crackle describes the episode genie's sister provides <laughs> yeah. lessons in catching a husband her quarry roger jackie and mike how accurate is that description it's technically accurate but <laughs> technically i know that uh-huh. genie's sister uh, th- 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 she always has an ulterior motive oh yeah She's very, very sneaky. Very, very sneaky. <laughs> very wily she is. Um, mm-hmm. So the episode opens with Jeannie is in her bottle reading Bride's Magazine. And I just wrote down that the, the interior of Jeannie's bottle is just uh, gorgeous. <laughs> well, it's, it's first of all, like the inspiration for my entire life. And second of all, <laughs> don't, don't this break anyone's hearts was going to be the interior of my drag on booth. Oh, no! <laughs> Oh no! Oh, COVID. <laughs> I know. Well, there's maybe Jesus. whenever it comes back, we'll we'll make it happen again. Yeah, genius, yeah, timeless. I love the genius. I love um. You know, now they have those sh- the the they have photographs of that set and how like they really built it to be more circular mm-hmm. than it probably needed to yeah. be. I was like, they really <laughs> made this like like I just thought it was a, a background on pillows. No, they actually built a c- cylindrical. Uh, a place for her to sit with tufted pillows and everything. Good for her. For her. She looks I amazing. also love that the props within the bottle are like, almost look like, um, looks like you're, you know, a, a, a drag queen like put together like a, a maxi challenge. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's like, it's very they're much like the bed and breakfast challenge. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> it's like there's, you know, that little, the thing that they use to like the, the, I, the viewfinder, I guess is what we're looking oh, yeah, through. That thing. It's, it's like bedazzled in a way that really is like, it's like, we have these jewels from morejewels.com. And, they, <laughs> and it was like quickly being like, deek, 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 deek. And then it's like, okay, it looks gay. Let's put it in. You know? yeah, that's the whole it's thing. very that. It's very, yeah. it's very like the gay, whoever the gay set decorator was really, <laughs> really, really did a nice job on this. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeannie's sister pops in and Jackie requested a Jeannie's sister episode and like, good call because. Good call. I w- usually what happens on a show like this is the lead actor at season five, six, seven is like, I am sick of playing this character. Give me a twin. Give me a cousin. Mm-hmm. Give me something. Episode on Taxi when Andy Kaufman all of a sudden has like multiple personalities. Um, <laughs> but I think that Jeannie's sister was in like season two. Like they didn't waste time like letting Barbara stretch her wings and oh, she flies. Or should have. I think I've I read in a couple interviews that said she always relished playing this part. And you can see loves loves that she she did she does a totally different voice she you know, she has a little bit of a mid-atlantic accent you know she like she talks <laughs> yeah. totally differently like it's yeah. incredible you can tell she's having the time of her life like she seems almost annoyed when she has to go back to playing 
our our beloved genie. Yeah. Um, and, and and I love that no one was creative enough to think of a name for Genie's sister. Her name is simply Genie. She, yeah. Yeah. If you read like the Wikipedia summaries, they just have to call her Genie too. <laughs> right. It, 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 Imagine it's like, if it was like. Yeah, it'd be like Mary Kate and Mary Kate Olsen. Yeah, exactly. like the real life versions. Exactly. <laughs> they were just like, "Yep, yeah, she's a genie. We're all genies, so she's genie. also genie, just genie." So she finally like. Also, oh yeah, go for it. I was just gonna say, like, I, I think you can tell that she almost enjoys playing her more than genie because there's the way she hits the word "darling." It makes every fiber in my gay body just like light the fuck up because I literally feel like I'm watching Paris is burning. It's just like, it's almost like you look here, but darling. It's like yeah, the yeah. range of darling is amazing. I love, so like when, when, um, when Jeannie pops into Jeannie's bottle, um, they start talking back and forth about marriage. Just watch. So first of all, the like split screen acting with herself work is immaculate because it wasn't until the second scene of them together that I realized, oh, wait a second. That's the same. That's a like an orphan black moment happening. I she's great acting with herself. Yeah, you you definitely it's very easy and quick to suspend because Barbara A creates two very distinct characters and the way they shot it is beautiful. I mean, Mm -hmm. better than would say the parent trap or any other of those kinds of movies from the sixties. I think it actually looks uh, believable. Like if mm-hmm. I think probably as a kid, probably didn't even know it was the same actress, you know, yeah. I was, you know, just six and 11 loving it. Uh, <laughs> well done. Well done. Photography. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really, it was really well done. And I think that stuff is really hard to do those like reactions to the conversations, but she, she's so good at it. It's so fun to watch, to watch someone inhabit two totally different people in the same conversation. It's a vibe. Yeah. And this, during this moment is where I wrote down on my notes, genie is drag though. Like, yes. Genie's genie fully drag. Um, and I, you know, as as uh, some of your listeners know, I was very inspired by not just I Dream of Genie, but by this evil Genie character so much that I wrote a sequel to my own show, I Dream of Jackie, called I Dream of Jackie 2, where I, uh, my own evil twin, uh, let me tell you, much like Barbara, it's way more fun to play the villain. I <laughs> lived for it. Uh, Brett, one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you some of the footage from it, but... Uh do it with me on stage too but it is so much fun to be that evil character to add that wahaha to it you know and i think it's 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 you can tell she's living and it's it is drag honey it is it's like paris is burning it's the queen it is all of those yeah. like amazing yeah. things that feed into what the culture is now are all from this type of performance that barbara eden giving as evil genie i'll yeah. call her that it's i will like- her genie too <laughs> <laughs> Costume, it's hair, really creative oh, with it. <laughs> it's just like everything about it is, you know, when um, when basics are like, well, you know, cis women can't do drag. It's like, look at Barbara Eden doing either of these roles, and it's like she is taking, you know, feminine traits, and they are just heightened into such a oh, yeah. ridiculous degree. <laughs> Completely. There's like, a, there's like a limp. There's like her body. Her body language changes too. Like there's like a limpness to her wrist. She gives like very less fucks than genie one i guess we'll say and it's like she just maniacally loves what she's saying and loves that she's about to like 
destroy Jeannie's opportunity to ever, you know, get married. But I also will say I kept thinking evil Jeannie was like, I, I just can like, I can picture RuPaul watching this and being like, that's an inner saboteur. If I ever saw it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry, that was my report. It was so bad, but like, just, you know, think about it. <laughs> Save it for snatch game. No. Um, yeah. So like, no, I like that. Um, so basically like Jeannie just, of course, wants to get married to major Nelson. That's her whole gig. And then Jeannie too is like, no man gets married of his own free will. I've been married 47 times. Watch me get a man. Um, and then I like, so then Rod, she's like, who? And then Roger just like, Major Nelson's door is never locked. Literally, everyone just barges in. He is fully not at home. And that door is unlocked. Roger just comes right in. <laughs> and and Jeannie, too, is like, he'll do. And then there's this zoom in shocked look on like, on Jeannie's face of like, good, 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 what? Yes. It's great. I love yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then cut to credits. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, the opening credits. The opening credits are just so iconic. And I just, I love them. I'm not saying that also is uh, why Little Gays probably watched it too. I would say. Oh, the, the, well, I, th- I think that's probably another difference between Bewitched and I Dream of Genie. Is I Dream of Genie? Uh-huh. It started like only a year later, but it just feels a little groovier than mm-hmm, Bewitched, yeah. and that kind of a lot of that's from the musicalization of the theme, which plays throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or and they, I don't think it happens in this episode as much, but often whenever Evil Genie is on screen, you get that. Yes. yes. Whenever she yes. comes comes on screen, you know, uh-huh. so there, there's that kind of like jazzy groove is to uh-huh. uh, "I Dream of Genie," which you don't find as much in uh, "Bewitched," but certainly, N- yeah, in this theme song, I think encapsulates what makes uh, you know, because '60s, you know, though we think of them as an era, were really a transition from mm-hmm. yes. the '50s to the very movie 70s and you kind of see as the 60s go on we move less and less away from leave it to beaver and more towards what this starts becoming yeah. a little groovy a funky bunch totally yeah it gets a little it gets a little more colorful yeah. certainly um and, and i think a little um a little I, I think it's a little sexier so yeah. I, I think it's a sexier <laughs> theme song totally yeah, I think the I think Bewitch was definitely felt like a more sterile version of I Dream of Genie. And I also wonder, like, I like to think of what the conversation would have been like in like the executives' rooms of like of like, we'd love to have, you know, Barbara Eden be a sexy character. What if what if she was showing her midriff and they're like, that's too far? And they're like, not if she's a genie. Yes, <laughs> sure. Like, like, okay, okay, I, I'm with okay, you, but going. it does feel it does feel like sexy in a way that was fresh, I think. For the time. Yeah, I mean, she couldn't She couldn't show her a belly button. All she did was blink. So that leads me yeah. to, did y'all, do y'all remember the Nick at Night commercial that was a, re- a parody of Susan Vega's Tom's Diner to Jeannie's Diner? Oh, I know every word, Brad. Oh, yeah. I am sitting on the sofa. There's a TV in the corner. I yeah, am watching Major like, Nelson. It's, like, <laughs> it's kind of like Bewitched. Yeah. <laughs> da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. It's great. Those I will sometimes. I haven't done this in a while, but I will some go down to YouTube rabbit hole of watching old Nick at Night com- commercials, and they are so funny and fresh. And like, there's one I remember that was called "The Pants That Ate Fred Mertz," and it was just about how Fred Mertz on Lucy, his pants were just like so high up, and we just keep getting higher. Oh my what? god, the shade. Okay, we need to go. I, look, between our three powers combined, we need to go. We need to find out who was the gay person in charge of, yeah. of like, of all of this in the 90s when we were, when we were a bit younger. But like, 
they still have to be with us and we need to yeah. go find them and thank them. That's true. That advertising yeah, they were looking out lit. for us for sure. I, I love, I remember sure. all of those commercials and I just, I love them. Um, so then, uh, then we get the episode, uh, the episode proper. Um, I don't know. Is this when we cut to NASA? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and this is where I always felt the show would get like turn into something else whenever mm-hmm. we cut to those NASA scenes. Cause it's like, also you get these like beautiful shots of this, like, like office or whatever this nasa complex and all of a sudden you're like in the office with them you see like major nelson working on some very serious math equations what? where what, you're yeah. like yeah. <laughs> i will this also, we don't care about this what, what math equation was that it was, he, was, he, had like, he had like a ruler and yeah, he was like putting it up to like a math and, and like, he was like he's like numbers are hard yeah <laughs> like, i will say i was it was hard for me to concentrate because his uh his uh, shirt sleeves were rolled up and you could see his forearms and larry hagman uh forearms are forearms are very good he's a uh, very handsome very man. sexy i will say back in the day larry hagman could definitely get it but uh, but but think about this for a second i love that we the three of us are questioning the believability of this scene <laughs> but the earlier scene with genie no. and her twin yeah bottle. makes sense i don't know totally real real. once you step into that world of mysticism and magic i was like i'm like anything is fine by me if tony had been doing that in the bottle fine (laughs) sure i would have believed it so this is when uh dr bellows comes in and i loved i love dr bellows uh so much obviously um and i also love I mean, Dr. Bells is gay canon. I watched the Hawaii episodes. I saw his floral print, mm-hmm. short, short romper, uh, open down to his navel. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, it's a great. Wow. I love, I love a visual of that. It's a great, it's a great It's shot. on Brett's Twitter. Yeah. I, I definitely retweeted it because <laughs> okay. I was very excited to see it. I was, I love any time that, um, like sitcoms of the sixties go to the beach because it's like, oh my God, what are they going to be wearing? It's like the men are going to be wearing like speedos or short shorts or in this case like in that episode like major healy is wearing like a pajama set in a way on the beach it's like shorts and it's like a matching top it's <laughs> yeah very very gay the, the episodes where they yes. go to hawaii yes that the photo yes mike found it very quickly so if you uh, would like to find it look at our twitter it's hat there. is a, like a dangling it's necklace a, it's a it's a romp him right yeah, yeah it's a romp it is a romp, it's him. A romp him it is a romp him r.i.p um wait <laughs> r.i.p mm-hmm. really but, but let's go back to the game <laughs> moment when Dr. Bellows enters because the last thing he hears and he doesn't, I think based on the angle of the, of the, of his entrance, uh-huh. he just hears, he just hears Major Hill, Healy say the pussycat and then he walks yes. in and then moment. And I think that what this is what Rourke was saying was there was the question of did Major Healy say that to Major Nell? Did I walk in on something? <laughs> is there something who's calling who pussycat? Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I could see the little the I see moment in his in his acting choice of maybe I'm walking in on something. Maybe this explains Major Nelson's been terrifying the last years. Maybe they've been gay loves this whole time. <sighs> there's, yeah, there's a lot of place. gay like uh, story undertones within the show, especially with these like these the friendship and like the secrecy. It's like they're very chummy. They keep bumping into each other. Mm-hmm. It's like what is their relationship? They're both not married, which also for the time was kind of bizarre right these like yeah. eligible bachelors and their like there was um was weird. The, like standards and practices of the 60s when the show started they were like they were very uncomfortable about a bachelor living with a single genie <laughs> and so they right. were like the smoke can never be shown going under his bedroom door and if it is you have to show the smoke coming back out like it was a specific oh. note like 
Wow. Or like the, at the end of the night, that couldn't be like the last shot yeah, of no, the episode. Like, she comes out, they're not in the same room. She's in her bottle. Um, I also love Bellows is such a such a busybody, and he's just like, you know what, Roger Healy should be married because that'll take his mind off girls and make him focus on his work more. And mm-hmm. what I realize in watching this is like Bellows is the Gladys Kravitz of this show, but they're like. There's their status is completely flipped, which I think is what makes mm-hmm. Bellows a beloved, fun character, and makes Gladys like just—it's just sad. <laughs> like, oh, we love Mrs. Kravitz. I love Mrs. Kravitz, but it's just like literally no one believes her. She has no status, like making, in the neighborhood. Yeah, her husband like, doesn't believe her. I, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm very with you. Sad. But like Bellows is like they're still intimidated by him, and so it makes that character work. And even though he's there to mm-hmm. be like in the improv scene, like. No, no, no. He, mm-hmm. him having status makes him like, no, but yes, like it yes. keeps the thing going. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it, it's funny that you should take it back to that improv place. Cause it's like, you know, you have uh, all of these characters have clear wants just in this mm-hmm. one scene, you know, Dr. Bones wants these two men, right? Cause he's their boss. He wants them to do well. They keep disappointing him. They keep, <laughs> they keep, they keep being these shenanigans mm-hmm. that he explain you know so he sees you know major nelson hard at work on this very important equation with this very large ruler unclear <laughs> how that works and then you know to see major healy goofing off and calling someone oh, pussycat on the phone trying to get dates at work which i'm just like major healy you've got to calm down dude like that's wait HR. And, and the true the true shade that the minute major healy leaves major nelson doesn't even keep up the charade he's like yeah he was talking to a girl <laughs> yeah, throws him right under the bus. Doesn't give a shit. <laughs> They're not. He doesn't care. The BFFness only goes one way. Um, so this is I where. Also, will say wait, one more thing about yeah. the scene, and I think all the scenes in general is like watching it uh, as an adult. I had one of those moments where you're like, "Oh, I see it now." It is. It's like really good sketch comedy. Uh-huh. Like there are there are jokes that are hit, like the. The whole joke of like he can't figure out the numbers because he hears other numbers for some equation that we're supposed to like understand, I guess, or maybe not. <laughs> but he's remember he's like seven five. The scene opens with them finishing the equation yeah. and and then the phone call, and he's like he's like he can't get it, and it buttons. The end of the scene is like he also can't get out because of the numbers. And I I don't know as a I watched it and I was like that's that's cool. This is like sketch comedy, mm-hmm. and I loved it and found it funny as a kid, not even knowing what I was watching, you know. It's so true. And I think it's what's also, it is talk about the technology, right? The, the, the major, major Healy has to call the receptionist, give her the number yes. to connect her to the girl. Yeah. Uh, you know, these are things that like these happen anymore, but like all of them still rich. Like, how many times have you like tried to give your Wi Fi password to someone and you're like, <laughs> yes. wait, was it one, two, four, yeah. six? Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you have to start all over again. Yeah, start uh, again. Yeah. So speaking of technology, we didn't cut back to the bottle because, um, so, so GD2 was like, I'm marrying Roger. What's he doing right now? And they like, unload this weird like spy camera pink thing with a bunch of like rhinestones glued on it which is the thing they use multiple times because i watched an episode in season five that also had one of these machines these machines were very popular in genie bottles i I will just that that's the key oh yeah it was anytime you're in a genie bottle you will see one of these machines i promise you (laughs) i'll keep that in mind when i'm out of quarantine and back Hitting up all the genie bottles again. Jesus. <laughs> um, so this is where they spy Roger just trying to hook up at work, which is like, uh, dude, I'm sure the HR file on him is very... Well, no, it's the 60s. He got away with all of it. No one cared. <laughs> like, No one cared? No, no one cared. He could just no hit on cared. any female worker. It yeah, didn't matter. It didn't matter. Nope. Yeah. Uh, but then they blink him to 
a generic uh, it's not major nelson's backyard it's just like a garden of eden like idyllic backyard sitch it was a cut set from the sound of music and they were like we actually don't need this anymore 1617 is happening like somewhere else and they were like well, what are we going to do with the swing well give it to i dream of genie <laughs> if it's gay enough they'll take it <laughs> yeah they're like oh and i think we have we have some like leftover costumes from uh Paul- or music man we can just we can throw bar <laughs> yeah. read in one of these yeah. it'll look great <laughs> yeah so like bad it'll genie great. it'll make sense is wearing some like uh yeah god what is the she looks like truly scrumptious from yeah. uh, yes. from chitty chitty bang bang yes, right? yeah, yeah. She, she's swinging she gets like roger appears on her lap and i like that he's like let me down from the swing and it's like you could just get off like you're not (laughs) that high up (laughs) and so this is lesson one lesson one is teleport your man to a backyard and get him on a swing i guess Mm -hmm. that's how to get a guy to marry you and also the the technology is so funny because like the scene was the og vine with those like kind of shitty edits where it's like and now she's off of the off of the thing and yeah. she's back on it was like i love that well cool. okay so like you know is the in-camera trick of like they hit stop they change the you know someone disappears someone comes in they move a thing and apparently they very hard to explain to people <laughs> yeah that was a weird that was a weird moment that was some manufactured <laughs> gooper and gagger right there that was <laughs> i don't know uh on a uh, moving swing, though, it's it's very yeah, complicated. I was going to say, this a moving swing. If it's moving, you have to get it in the right spot. It It's hard. They were really stretching themselves. Uh-huh, season a, four, a, 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 you from know. From the production value. Mm-hmm. True. Mike, you were just referencing uh, Vine, but the kids are using the TikTok these days. And I will tell the you, kids, as someone yes. who's, who's as, who has attempted a transition on TikTok, a moving transition mm-hmm. can be very difficult. Mm-hmm. And the editors pulled it off. They pulled it off. They did one. They did wonders. They would do great on TikTok today. Oh God! Yeah, find them and get them I in dream a of genie reboot on TikTok. <laughs> Wait, that's a genius that's, idea. That is a genius. The first TikTok original. Idea, um, so I didn't just like. So then, you just do the episodes with literal like you script it out and have actors do it. Honestly, okay. I got a copyright, copyright. We did it here. Um, so then when Jeannie tries, she ends up accidentally, Major Nelson comes home. She tries, she like blinks him to the Garden of Eden, whatever it is. She kicks him in the face. And I noticed when the camera is showing is from down below and it's showing her face when she's kicking him in the face, you can fully see the ceiling of the studio and the top of the backdrop. Mm-hmm. Wait, the oh, first thing that's I noticed... I noticed her. I was like, well, at least she's a sensible girl wearing tights. That's what I noticed <laughs> as a drag queen. Because yeah. you know what? They always say if, you're, if, if your shoes are off, you better have a lovely manicure, pedicure, whatever. Mm. No, just a tight. Just a simple new tight. She was wearing a tight. And also, here's the thing. So, right, this episode is setting us up that, like, evil genie is tricking her sister by giving her these terrible ideas that she's going to ruin. But, like, it actually isn't that bad of an idea to get your, you know, romantic interest on a lovely swing with beautiful flowers. I'm going to say evil genie wasn't, wasn't that evil in this moment. It was, this was all on good genie who just is clumsy. <laughs> just like clumsy, him in yeah. the face. I did like that weird. It was almost like a horror shot of major Nelson with the shoe in his mouth. And then like genie's uh-huh. feet are like swinging over him. <laughs> it was very intense. <clears throat> So then we get. It was the- definitely a horror. That was definitely a horror like shot. Yeah, I think that's what I found interesting too about 
like i guess the comedy of it it was like shot like sketches i mean they are all like kind of self-contained sketches and it just was i, I was yeah. kind of like it was interesting the shots of like like boom reaction shot and then down for the shoe in the foot and it was like I, I was I kind of appreciated it. I was like, this is cool. The show was edited. Like they did the yeah. work on this to construct jokes, which a lot of the yes. shows that were because like all these were shot single cam. There was no studio audience. They put in the canned laughter. And so like the shows like Dick Van Dyke show and I Love Lucy that were shot in front of a live audience. They couldn't really do those like quick cut inset right. yeah. things because you're trying to capture that like live energy. But then a lot of the other shows, like, Bewitched doesn't really have manic editing like this. It still is trying to mm-hmm. kind of trick you into thinking, there might be an audience there. Like, when you're a kid, like, yeah. there might be. Um, yeah. But, like, Genie is kind of fully a single cam. Like, the vibe is single cam, the totally. editing and the pacing. Yeah, we, and we Which see the scenes from perfect for angles. TikTok. Yeah. Totally. And I think, especially in, in Major Nelson's home, I think we do see a lot of the scenes from multiple angles. Oh, yeah. Um which I think, you know, I think they were too lazy to build out the whole NASA set. But in Major Nelson's home, it <laughs> feels corner. like there's four walls most of the time. <laughs> um, so lesson yeah. number two, she's like, you need to do little things for your man. And then she like, Genie 2 blinks into Roger's, is it Roger's office? And she like pops one of his buttons off. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then she, she proceeds to hand sew it back on, mm. which I thought was just. Uh, you know, the, uh, and I think what's, there's a little something subversive here, right? Which is that like, it's kind of subversive to say that like, like make fun of the fact that this is something that people would have perceived as something valuable in a woman that she could uh-huh. fix her man's clothes, darn his socks or whatever. Yeah. And I think we're, uh, the writer kind of making fun of that trope a little bit with this moment. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, oh, well, it's ridiculous. Like <laughs> this is obviously not real. She obviously is just doing this as a, which is, I think, a little bit subversive in that way because it's, uh, it, it kind of reminds the view like, oh, these are silly things. Like, these are, these are not the, why? Not how you should enter a woman love. It should not be whether she sews buttons on, you know? I I totally agree with you. And I think one of my favorite parts that also did the same thing was the way she referred to the meal. He was like, you cooked it. And she was like, I did with my little hand. She said like little hands or my dainty hands. Oh my gosh, you did this all by yourself. And it's like, I do think it was poking fun at this, like, you know, this like kind of backwards idea that women are more valuable or better wives if they can like take their dainty hands and make a lovely dinner back in the day. And I, I think that's cool that it had a sense of humor to be like, this is dumb. And then you make him eat cardboard and he loves the oh. cardboard. You so know? This scene, <laughs> this scene has a moment that regular listeners of the podcast are going to groan about, but Roger Healy is wearing a neckerchief and I live. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was wearing a neckerchief earlier today and I took it off because it's so good. But, you know, I was interviewing, so good. I was interviewing, um, Asia O'Hare and Evie Oddly for the Vegas Drag Race show. So it's like, well, every, honestly, every time I interview drag queens and I know they're going to be in drag, I'm like, I have to do something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, when I, when I had an office job, I would like put on my full suit. Like I would go in just to be like, I know y'all put in effort. I'm going to put in. Some. Something. Just something. Something. And that's why that's why I look like this. Um. Yeah. Oh my god. What what you don't see is is uh Mike Kelton over here is camouflaged in his new um Ange Defro uh, <laughs> uh, uh office where he has uh worn a green shirt and is hiding on his green wall. But I will say it does make the lovely red of your hair pop. Oh. 
pop. Thank you, Jackie. And that's <laughs> really the only reason I dress like this today. So good. Let that hair pop. Yeah. So, hair pop. Roger is wearing a neckerchief. It is the first of a couple of very gay outfits he'd be wearing in this episode. Just wait for that tux. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. They feed the shredded cardboard. I wrote that it looked like green Fritos or like green... Like the kind of Fritos you get in the burritos at Taco Bell, but green instead yeah. of red. <laughs> I, I, I thought at first it was going to be she just like fed him like spinach pasta, but like didn't yeah. bother to cook it. And so he had to like yes. pretend he was loving it. I like, thought that's where the joke was going. Like zoodles. Was, they look kind of like zoodles or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, I thought the joke was going to be like, oh, but you think I'm so sexy that you'll eat pasta that I've been cooked. Ha ha ha. But like. Then it was, no, it's cardboard. Yeah, and it crunches. Funnier. <laughs> and yeah, so that was the kind of thing where the, the prop guy on set had spent way too much time on that bedazzled viewfinder in the, <laughs> in the genie bottle. And he was like, well, I forgot to do the cardboard thing, but here, here's dry fettuccine. Like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. They'll they won't know those. the difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then yeah, genie. Or, oh. I was going to say, or is it like, I, I started wonder, wondering, like, was cardboard thinner in the 60s? Is yeah, there something I didn't know. know about the paper process? Or like, like, did they call construction paper cardboard back then? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Maybe. It's interesting. And we should definitely spend at least 10 more minutes talking about that. <laughs> what is <laughs> untangle it? Untangle this shredded cardboard above it. <laughs> uh, this is when Jeannie then serves shredded cardboard to Tony. And he's not living. He doesn't want this. She's like, whatever. Um yeah, and then at this, I'll go for it because my other. Okay, no, I need to know, Jackie. Yeah. I have a question, and this is a question, and I don't know if it's left unanswered or maybe I missed it. Is it implied that Major Healy is under a spell and thinks that the cardboard tastes good, or is it, or is it that he would say anything tastes good as long as it comes from sexy genie? You know, <laughs> this is this is a this is a dangling uh, moment this that is... I wonder if it's left ambiguous for. <laughs> The audience. <laughs> this ties I, into my next note that I just wrote down. I wasn't sure why I wrote it down, but I wrote, Roger is just a horny basic bitch. Heart. <laughs> and a heart emoji. I think he's just a horny basic bitch. And just is like, just what's like, I'll eat the shredded cardboard. You want to marry me? Let's do this. I want it. I Maybe. want it now. Like. But I, I also feel like we're missing the, the, the tying or the sewing of the button. I feel like was, was the one to punch with this trick. It was like, if you if you pop the button oh. and trick him and then sew it, then he will actually enjoy food that you also made that is disgusting. <laughs> and so, like, I'm confused because Jeannie never did the button thing. She only did the cardboard. And it feels like, to me, it feels like, story-wise, a mistake. <laughs> I'm going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to find the original shooting script and see if there was a Jeannie sewing moment. Because, you. you know, might have, you, the editors might have goofed on this. I mean, there's an opportunity she could have mistakenly popped off his pants button. We could have, we could have really yeah. played that up. Hey, what is that? Is that a Pussycat yes. Doll song, Buttons? It, is it Loosen at My Buttons? <laughs> yeah, is, no, is a Pussycat not, Doll yeah. song, bro. Just Yeah, just uh, re-edit this genie episode. See, this is, this is every single year on Snatch Game, I'm always like, yes, Paul Lind. Like, oh, like, I was like, yes, uh, Joanne Worley. Wait, who the f- fuck is silky playing like that is my thing every snatch game is i have no idea who the bravo liberties are but if you do little Edie, i'm like i know this this is this is my jam so, i'm honestly more along the lines of knowing the bravo liberties and sometimes i'm like who is that so like when you know you did lisa renna which was i 
iconic. Uh-huh. Oh, thanks. Yes. It was so good. Like in this house, we went wild. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, we were wild. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I, I, tangent, but had had to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But getting a good snatch game in is uh, it's hard work. <laughs> it fun. is. It is. When we go off the air, I'll tell you uh, my idea if I ever went back what it would be. But oh, I'll, yes. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll keep it that. for. Jeez, well, yeah. Keep it for off air. Yeah. Well, so ooh, this is... that'll leave a kid's dangle. <laughs> <laughs> Don't slide into my DMs asking because you'll never know. It's um, Agnes head. I what? Oh God. God! Why not? Someone should. Okay, but this then. Or it's it's Mike it's Mike Kelton's version uh, impression of RuPaul. Yeah, <laughs> that's the interceptor. <laughs> uh, so this is the moment where there's a there's a shot like we were talking about earlier how they take different shots. There's a shot where I think it's Evil Genie is is on like standing up looking down at Tony and Genie who are seated and you can see like behind them. And they remodeled Major Nelson's apartment for season four because he has this really groovy, like, see-through shelving unit and a little, like, banquette, like, in front of it to, like, a seating nook like area a, to read. And I was like... Like this... a Lucite belt bookshelf? Well, it was, like, it was like wood, but it was, like, a whole bunch of, like, squares so you could, like, see through. I don't think they call those, like, an etage. Is that what those are called? Oh. I think that's called an etage. Yeah, Ooh, but I was like, etage. I'm living for this, uh, this, this apartment layout. Because this apartment layout does change fairly frequently. Like, well, Brett, he's a bachelor. Yeah, that's he's the always thing. I think I think things around. You know, it's that's one of the again one of one of one of the differences between this show and Bewitched is you know Samantha is constantly trying to be this home girl, and Jeannie isn't even there yet. She's just trying to get them <laughs> nonstop. Yeah. And yeah. if she sends him to Siberia or whatnot, you know, she does it. Who cares? She, she's got power. Can we talk about the gorgeous lighting as Barbara Eden comes <laughs> into the d- in the table with the bowl of cardboard and she gets that glamour light across her eyes? Mm-hmm. Mwah, chef's yeah. kiss. Chef's, chef's kiss. kiss. The camera loves her and I love her twice as much in this episode. <laughs> yeah, she's, I mean, she's stunning. She's iconic. So Roger is like, he busts in. He's getting married. He's wearing a double-breasted suit. And again, I'm living. Uh, <laughs> love, I love me some uh, double-breasted shit. Um, and then... This is the scene. Okay, calm down, sweetie. Ah, calm, sweetie. Down, sweetie. <laughs> uh, the next scene is when Tony is trying to talk Roger out of getting married, and this is Tony's uh, upstairs studio redressed to look like a restaurant. And look at wow. this! I, wow. I, when they were up there, I was like, "Is that his studio?" And I was like, "No, it's a restaurant." And then I went on the IMDb trivia, which you know is always right. <laughs> And they said that it was. So I don't know. Um, He's trying to talk talk Roger out of getting married, and Roger's like, "No, I want this." Well, I think I think I think uh, you know Roger's also uh, pointing out something very clear, which is like, Tony, you've been an idiot this whole time. You've had this amazing woman in your house for at least three or four years, and you have sealed the deal. Now I have the opportunity and I'm not going to make the same mistake as you, buddy. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I'm with, I'm with Major Healy on this. Why shouldn't he marry an amazing woman who amazing things? Why not? Yeah, give he him doesn't a, know that she's nefarious. A Rolls Royce. Mm-hmm. Well, I did like that. So then now Tony's like, so you remember when she like did X, Y, and Z to you? And I looked at it I'm like, those are all things that have happened in previous episodes. Right. Which mm-hmm. I, Jeannie actually, you got to give it respect for it. It has a tight continuity. Um, for a 60 sitcom, it has plot lines, like the whole Genie's mm-hmm. birthday plot line. There's like five episodes where the running thing is, when is Genie's birthday? They're trying to find out Genie's birthday and like, 
it'll be the focus of an episode, it'll be a runner in the next episode, and it's like, sitcoms in the 60s didn't do that. They counted on you to tune in, tune out at your leisure, but Jeannie right. was like, the gays are tuning in every week for this. The gays are tuning in. <laughs> it's smarter. Uh, and I wonder too, because I've 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 read in a couple of interviews that Bob <laughs> Eden always always felt like uh, one of the mistakes of the show was that they got married, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, just because it took away the kind of cat and mouse of the of the mm-hmm. series. But I think what's interesting is if we think of the show maybe in a little bit more modern terms, I wonder if that also made the show less. Um, Synd- syndicatable right because there's the pre-marriage post-marriage episodes yeah. um and so i wonder too you know if you know as we as we exit the, the 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 time of the 50s and move into the 60s and 70s and then today where things are very uh bingeable if you will um mm-hmm. i wonder how much of this was writers playing with these ideas or how much of this was just you know uh <laughs> cereal box uh guest genie's birthday games that lasted a whole season like we'll never know but (laughs) but i I, i'm curious you know in the 60s as they were really experimenting with the medium of television if if these were attempts to make a show longer to feel uh more like a series rather than just episodic interesting and to do that with i dream of genie which like you know critics did not like it at the time and like they didn't give it its respect and i think i think it is commendable that they must have essentially had, like, a show Bible. Uh, because, like, there was no Google. They could not go to the I Dream of Genie Wikipedia, like, Ooh. episode list and be like, what has Genie 2 done to Roger before? Like, there had to have been some sort of... Unless this writer also wrote all those episodes, which I don't know, could have been. <laughs> I no, but I think it it's, is it's, one, it is one person, though, right? I found that interesting. Sidney Sheldon wrote, like, per... almost every episode yeah. for the first, like, two or three years and he also had a bunch of pseudonyms that he wrote under apparently so like really? even if you're watching the first two seasons and it's a different writer it might have been one of his aliases that's that's interesting yeah. <laughs> that's almost bizarre wow. yeah yeah and, and then, also, like do you think he was like is this going to be a bad episode like i'll just call me something else for this one <laughs> like, <laughs> no faith in this one uh um so now Roger's like, I'm definitely getting married. Uh, this I'm gonna be. I'm gonna live luxury with a genie wife. It's gonna be awesome. He is now getting fitted for his tuxedo, which is a another full moment that I am here and I want. I want this Liberace tuxedo, mm-hmm. purple green. I think it's like the double sided sequin that like changes when you move it, which I honestly thought was a recent invention. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is one of the gayest, gayest, <laughs> gayest moments of, of, of life. I think the fact that, you know, we've already kind of identified Evil Genie as kind of a, a, a coded queer character, at least a coded drag queen, yeah. right? <laughs> um, you know, and then the fact that this is what she chooses for her spouse, which is a double sequin blazer. Purple and, and green. Then, Ugh. And then when he asks whether if it was if it if it was right for a wedding, she says, well, I could put more sequins. On <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> funny. That was so funny. I was like, yes, <laughs> it I was good. The frilly shirt, the bow tie. I'm just like, I want that look. I just that's. Ugh. Ugh. I it was. And then remember the cake topper? Uh, yeah, the life size cake, cake topper. Yeah, the life size cake topper. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, this is the cake, thinking like it's just a life-size cake that just looks like the cake topper. And she goes, oh, no, this is the cake topper. And he's like, oh, my God, so the cake must be even bigger. And he was like, cool, I love it. In a way, I, seeing them interact, I was like, they are a really good match. Like, yeah, they what's their show? each other. <laughs> they, would be a, they would be a longly married happy couple. So I'm, 
she she fucked it up. Yeah. Well, okay, to take this for a quick second to the Bravo world, it's Erica Jane and Tom Girardi. A thousand percent, <laughs> Jackie. And Brett, if you don't know the reference, you've got Erica Jane is, yeah, I mean, just she's iconic. And it's their relationship is you, from every, you see it from the outside and you're like, no way. And then you get inside and you go, oh, it's perfect. <laughs> They're perfect together. Very perfect together. Very perfect together. Oh, and yeah, they would be perfect together, but... A genie Alas. too. She's too bad to the bone. She can't. Um, I like that. So when Major Nelson is like complaining to Genie, and he's just like, "Oh, I, I can't believe we have stopped them." And then Genie is like, "I'm sorry, you feel that way about an astronaut marrying a genie." And it's like, "Ooh, cut him!" Like mm-hmm. she like. Oh, oh yes, oh yeah. I, you know, and I think that's something too that uh, you know, Genie always resets at the beginning of every episode, and she's always optimistic. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the benefits of having evil Genie on the show is it does help Barbara push her protagonist character to be a little more wise, you know, even though at the beginning of the episode, Jeannie's like, yes, my sister's here. This would be great. But this is, I think the fourth or fifth yeah, appearance of her first, sister. Yeah. And, and at this point she's like, wait a minute, something's up. But then not only that, it, you know, having the perspective of what her sister's doing, I think always does give her that like impetus to be like, wait a minute, I'm amazing. Why aren't you marrying me? You idiot. <laughs> She gets so mad at that mm-hmm. comment that she like blinks herself into the bottle. She then blinks to, like a padlock and a cage around it. She like she means business. <laughs> okay, and that's one of the things that I will say. They play very fast and loose in the I Dream of Genie canon with like when Genie is trapped or not. Like, is it when mm-hmm. the lids on the mm-hmm. bottle? She blinks a cage over herself, but like normally when someone puts her in a thing, she's trapped forever. We'll this, never get to the bottom of the, the safe science. episode where she's in, she's trapped in a safe for like five episodes or something. <laughs> right. Like, what is this? What, did, like, was Barbara yeah. Eaton, did she have to go do a movie at that week or like, <laughs> right? They had to film what? her whole, all of her scenes. Like, yeah. it's, like, it's a full, like, four part, like, feature length eleganza of just her trapped in a safe with some giant pencils and stuff. Right. Um, but she can, like, blink like a cage over her bottle yeah, that's also like, sealed. How can you get out of this? Um, so then, uh, Bella was fine. It, it insinuated, sorry, I'm oh, just, no. this cage thing is, is crazy <laughs> because it insinuates that, like, he can't, like, shake her out, I guess. Like, the cage doesn't really, I, I don't know who it really protects, right? It feels like it would be, like, entrapping herself. I think it's like slamming yeah. the door and not locking it. It's more like a statement. She's like, mm-hmm. uh, oh, God, I just hit my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> you were really in the moment. Oh there. no, Star Wars figures. Oh no. Um, so then we cut back to is this back at now? Well, like Bellows is now telling Tony that like he's like yes, Major Healy's getting married at our place in our backyard, and it's like I love how he's just on board. Amanda's excited. Also, like also like forget the like eight foot, eighty foot tall wedding cake because clearly that plan is out the window. Yeah. Like now you're getting Where's married at the, the Bellows. Cake? Yeah. yeah. I, and there's like four people there and and three of them have swords that they raise on up and i was yeah. like what is going on here it looks like honestly it looks like a covid wedding <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but there by a zoom um yeah. so we this is where we get some little a little bit of, of amanda bellows and i do like amanda bellows a lot because she is She's just kind of like, I don't know, a messy bitch is there for drama in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of her plots are mm-hmm. like, she's just like Bella's in that she wants to find out what's going on and she's way more unapologetic about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say this was actually, you know, people 
people deride the once they're married episodes, but I did love that once they were married and, and Amanda could be friends with Jeannie, that like that little bit of like cast of like, well, you're a young wife and like we're friends, but like always a little bit of frenemiesness yeah. in Amanda Bellows, which I love in the later, I think it was just the next season was the only season they were married. But yeah. kind of in that fifth season, when you got that little bit of cattiness between uh, Amanda and Jeannie, I thought was fun. And, and I loved the way that she played that like, always subtext and never as like an overt kind of thing. Um, And I I think it's always fun that, you know, the bellowses are foils for each other a little bit. uh, And certainly in this episode, but speaking of uh, gay men and their beards, I don't uh know. (laughs) A little bit like that, because I mean, like they have no like marital chemistry. Uh, They have great, just like, great chemistry together like in terms of just like in terms of like a straight woman and her gay older best friend like that's (laughs) that's the vibe (laughs) it's like it's like the book and the music of a musical is like that's the pair Mm -hmm. you know yeah 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 it feels like that you know the, the 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 fact that amanda bellows is just like crying through this wedding that's like very unemotional she has like no emotional attachment to either of these people but all of a sudden she's just like i don't leave me alone i'm crying my mascara like she makes it all about her what a diva <laughs> i love her love her. <laughs> and love. listeners of the pod you'll recognize emmeline henry who plays amanda bellows from i'm dickens he's finster uh listen it's a one season wonder from like 1963 that john Aston was in before adam's family and um we talked about it in an episode, and it's surprisingly really good, uh, but it's lost to history, and she's in it, and she's good. Um, weird tangents I go on. Uh, then I we get to that. see the dresses that Jeannie and Jeannie 2 are wearing, and they are both, like, these mod perfection. I love both of their looks. Love. I love their looks. I love the, like, like this is what I was talking about earlier, the grooviness of the yeah. comes the bride as evil genie is walking down the aisle with this, you know, helmet of brown hair uh, and this little hat. It's very forward, right? You think yeah. uh, compared to, we think of Samantha, yeah. long, pretty blonde hair. You know, it feels, Samantha feels very much anchored in the early 60s. And this is where we're pushing into the later 60s where a woman is groovy she doesn't yeah. have to wear long dresses yeah, for her, her wedding her wedding dress is a mini skirt like a, la- right. a white lace yeah. mini skirt like <laughs> it's great oh, it was which I- it also like it reminded me like i think a lot of your aesthetic tell me if i'm wrong but is kind of derived from this like groovy 60s yes. mod yes. style and it, it like it reminded me especially the yellow the one that genie wore i was like oh. i could totally see jackie wearing yeah, i mean that was your episode one essentially your like spring uh, look kind of in yeah. a way yeah i mean that's that's definitely an era where i see women taking power in yeah. their mm-hmm. bodies and in their clothing and being loud and proud about the fact that they have legs and they have tits and they have gorgeous hair half of it's fake half of it was fake in the 60s you know that's the thing is women in the 60s really embraced that like i'm gonna create fantasy Mm -hmm. and i i don't think that necessarily it was for everyone but themselves right i I think that these these looks right you you really it's about the freedom of being a woman and i love that Mm -hmm. you know we see that in these looks in different ways, but certainly with evil genie being like, this is what I want to my wedding, which I'm sure totally or the older audience probably watching this with their kids were probably like, Oh, that's such a scandalous Scandal. thing to wear. Yeah. To Look a how wedding. evil she yeah. is. Yeah. It's not like Look she wore a dress. She didn't wear a black wedding dress like Christine on selling sunset season three. I do know that. <gasps> I mean, 
we should talk about that too because i'm i'm ready to go but yeah we're back here god but i'm ready to go on telling something <laughs> i'm ready to go is, um... wait jackie do you watch no i haven't watched it yet because i'm sad that i won't be able to own any of these <laughs> oh it is that is well it's like I, it's so far out there it's escapist. so absurd. Also, like, to me, like, honestly like the houses are the i don't i would fast forward through the house parts it's like just get to the conversations about what parties are going on and who is invited to the party and why you're mad yes. that you weren't invited to the party and if you should go to the party that's, Brett, that is all yeah. that Bravo is. Yes, Where just, have you been? Yes. I, I was know, thinking, that's really watching true, this Brett. during COVID, I'm like, oh my god, if you can't have gatherings of large people, that just completely nukes this entire genre of reality show. It, because they're... <laughs> It's a it's a struggle right now. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, uh, it's so, a struggle. <laughs> so then the wedding starts happening. Um, there's a really funny moment where the 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 fully ridiculous priest is like join hands, and Roger tries to hold Tony's hand, and oh Tony just God. like slaps it away like you idiot. What are you doing? I love that. <laughs> well, it's it, obviously you know I think the the gayness between Major Healy and Major Nelson is something throughout the series, but I just love those little moments where you know it's. It is played for laughs, but it's still kind of fun and sweet. Yeah. Like it's sweet that it he reads from his best friend's sweet. hand. Yeah. And yeah. It, it didn't yeah. it didn't make me go, Oh, they're making fun of, you know, no, it was kinda like, see. Oh, like they're just he just loves him. He loves Major so, Nelson. He probably loves Major Nelson much more than Evil Genie, you know, like if 100%. you think about it. Apparently, so like Larry Hagman and Bill Daly both hate it. So like, you know, real talk, Larry Hagman was a bit of a nightmare to work with. Um, mm-hmm. He's a very lovely... We've heard. Yeah, he's very a lovely person, <laughs> wow. but he also would, like, you know, urinate on the set when he wasn't happy, show up wearing a gorilla costume just to pe- piss people off. He maybe chased some visiting nuns with an axe one time. You know, fun what? stuff. Are you serious? Yeah, no, he, he was just so, like... <clears throat> it was both... He was, um... He wanted to be a star. He got on the show and he saw that it was really Genie's show and they're writing him to be kind of like a dumb uh, antagonist. And so he, he like really pushed them to like, please make me likable. Um, and then he was causing too much friction on sets. They were like, you should go see a therapist. So they sent him to a therapist, but they sent him to like a very 60s therapist who was like, you just need to smoke pot and drink more, man. And so that just led to Larry Hackman just drinking champagne and smoking weed nonstop, oh, no. which did not help uh, the matters. But so what they would say was towards around this time, like three, four, five on, Bill Daly and Larry Hagman, they would get bored with the scripts and they would just like, they would do a lot more physical gags and they would like work things in and like try things out physically because they knew they weren't going to be saying the funny lines usually. So they would try to do something. So I bet that this moment was probably something they just did like in the moment. Uh, wow. I love if that's true. I mean, yeah, I think it's so, yeah, so cute. It's sweet. It, it speaks to definitely to Major Healy's character, yeah. you know, who who is the sweeter one. He's the sweetest person in the whole show. I, now, I think, uh, uh, you know, so I, I could see and, you know, uh, uh, and it's a little gay. I <laughs> love things that are a little it's gay. It's a little gay. It's a lovely little taste of gay. And then, so when they, when the priest starts doing the vows, all of a sudden blink. And then there's a switch. Like, all of a sudden Nelson and, uh, Healy switch places and my jaw dropped. I don't know why I didn't see that coming. <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> it was this weird involuntary reaction. Well, because I think it isn't quite um, as overt in this episode as it is in some other ones that 
Evil Genie's ultimate goal is to get Major Nelson, right? That's not as overtly ex- <clears throat> explicit in this episode. So I think it definitely is something that rewards longtime viewers mm-hmm. of this show in that every mm-hmm. episode so far, we've seen Evil Genie. She's tried to seal Major Nelson. And here, now all of a sudden, haha, you thought she was just trying to prove her sister? No, she was just trying to steal Mr. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, though, because it was a bad plan. Like, <laughs> totally what, bad plan. What, what about this makes you actually marry him? You, like, you should have at least waited till the, like, I do, right? And then yeah. it might have worked. But it just seems like a faulty plan. And I was like, girl, I know you're smarter than this. From the way you say darling, <laughs> I was like, I know that you could do a better job here. She did um, crack the priest's uh, glasses so that he couldn't see. Sure. And then he, his acting was just all oh, like, he was so big. <laughs> Such a big yeah, priest. Like, it, it was uh, the best acting in the episode, but it was just a day player. Four lines, you know. Exactly. These shows were on a budget. Yeah. And then yes. this is where, like, all of a sudden, everyone starts blinking, like, back and forth. Uh, Bellows is like, I think I'm catching Major Nelson's delusions. <laughs> right. right. And, then, and then this illusion is just to put a big fog in everything. Like. Yeah. And, then the, and this is also, they say it's a July fog. And I'm like, this episode aired in December. So, like, my realism, like, I'm like, what is even time? Like, I wonder, you, well, I, it's it's funny because, like, I don't know if this is true. Most of those types of shows, did they always even know the order that they was going to air in? Or they just kind of, like, plop things around? Yeah, I mean, or they, would, the they would shift them around every now and then. I don't know if Genie's production order number is available. But, yeah, this might not have been Well, shifted. I feel like probably based on what we talked about earlier, they probably were in some kind of order if they were doing those through lines, right? Of, like, Genie's birthday yeah. and stuff mm. like that. Yeah, and like, there's even like season one, because I'm, I'm watching Jeannie from the beginning right now. Um, and season one is wild because it starts and Major Nelson is engaged to a woman who is in like the first three episodes. And, oh, yeah, the, the brunette woman. Yeah, right? and it's like the first plot is like, how do we get rid of this woman, <laughs> essentially? She's, she's then, the Brian Dunkelman of I yeah. Dream of Jeannie. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, he's cut. You're right. Brian oh, taking it Dunkelman. back 20 years. Um, <laughs> wow. And wow. then there's also, like, Major Healy doesn't even find out that Genie is Genie until episode, like, I think 17, I'm about to watch it. So, like, the show goes oh, a while wow. with, like, Nelson's the only one that knows. It's, right. Yeah. And, and then I think, you know, I, I'm curious, like, if then maybe it's more just like an in-universe thing. Like, it's always summer in Cocoa Beach, it you know, because... Be. Yeah. <laughs> Look at or, it. Or just, they couldn't think of another thing for Major Bellows to say that yeah. would... Well, we've never had a fog in December, right? That wouldn't have worked. Yeah. And they couldn't think of anything better than fog <laughs> to happen. Yeah. So, then they, so then they had to think of, uh, okay, if there's fog, well, Bella's confused. Oh, July. Great. Added. Sure. So then in order, so then like Jeannie's big plan is she like, take, she like takes the wedding ring, she floats it into a champagne bottle, and then Jeannie 2 teleports in to like get it, and then she corks that champagne bottle, and she totally bottled her sister. Smart Jeannie. And they had the budget for a literal one second shot of Evil Genie holding up a giant ring (laughs) inside of the bottle. And I was like, oh, my God, that's a beautiful prop that they used for one second. (laughs) The fog was so shitty, but they they had the budget for that, like, beautiful ring inside of the bottle. Interesting. Yeah, great. Good choices. (laughs) I think good good money spent. 
They didn't build a restaurant set. They just used the the study. So like saving that money, yeah. cutting them corners. <laughs> Again, sure, like, that's where it like, came from. Like, let's go back to the rules of magic on the show. So, so, so Chidi had to create a padlocked cage around her bottle <laughs> with the cork on it. But evil Chidi just could, she's trapped in the champagne, no escape. Like, no cork escape. is an un- this soda stream. Could I trap right. a genie in my soda stream bottle? Maybe. Yeah. Unclear rules of magic are unclear. It's like I mean, unclear. I, I you know you, I try. When, this is definitely something that it's. I think a uh, uh, should be a whole podcast. Is just like when do magic shows start breaking their own rules? Oh, right? that's so good. Yeah, it's that's like episode so one with this. Like it, it right. does. Yeah, it's you know, <laughs> it's the it's amount like of Buffy time travel they do. Three. God. Oh yeah, that's like, true. I was just gonna say Buffy season three. Like, there's like other Slayers that are like that are also there, even though it's the chosen one. I remember my head started Buffy to spin. Died, I was like, wait, wait, wait. And technically, that called Kendra, who then died and called okay. Faith. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, 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 okay. No. But like, but like, right, you, you have to like write all of these like things to get you out. Oh yeah, no, it's just like you wait, create, how do right? we? we Oh shit, we want to do more Slayers. How do we do that? Oh, wait, Buffy died. Technically, like, you have to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to figure something out. Um, so then, so like, the code of the episode is, is Roger actually sad that he's not getting married? Like, at, like when they're walking away and, like, Major Nelson has a champagne bomb, they're leaving. He's crying. He's crying. He's and I was like, is, th- is that a show for Bellows? Cause he's like, oh, I got stood up at the altar. And I'm like, is he, I couldn't tell if that was, like, a put on or if he was. Well, I think this was, again, a little bit of commentary here on the uh, ridiculousness of, you know, heteronormative Mm, marriage, right? Because, you know, the idea being that if it had been the woman who was left at the altar, that that's what she would have been like, right? Is that she would be crying and it would be that ridiculous because how silly is this that, like, you're going to be someone you've only, like, spent a day falling in love with and then you're going to be devastated over it, right? Which I uh major healy kind of is that character right mm-hmm. he's the one who is uh who is the more ridiculous person and i think that's i think that's what that moment was to me it was like how silly that you wasted all of this energy and tears on this ridiculous not real marriage <laughs> when your best friend is here and is the one who's always been there for you and is the one who will always continue to love you right i think that there was a little oh, of yeah. that kind of commentary Beautiful. in that moment but maybe just me maybe i'm just well, reading into it's it it's funny because i think the thing that confused me was that now makes sense based on this theory that it is like a little bit of subversive and there's like there's a bit of feminism like in the undertones of the comedy of the show um is the fact that they were walking away with the champagne bottle and uh there was a question of like why are you taking the champagne bottle yeah. and then i think they were like Cause we need it. Like, <laughs> like we actually need this because we're sad and we need to get drunk. Yeah. And it was like, that should be okay for two grown men to be like, we're sad and we need to like drink champagne and eat ice cream. Like maybe that actually was Aww. a bit of this kind of progressive, like feminist view of like men, men also get sad. Yeah. Right, right, man. It gets sad. And even if it was just to throw Bellows off the scent that they had Evil Genie bottle, at least it was still, hey, we're going to throw him off the scent by saying, like, we're men and we're emotional and we're going to go cry yes. this out because this was a terrible day. <laughs> yeah. yes. the, uh, then the episode ends with they're back in the the house and Genie's like, oh, Major Nelson, can you stand here? Or Master, can you stand here? Uh, Roger, can you stand here? And she, like, moves around. And then she, like, stands next to him. And then she blinks in 
an invisible priest with a Bible to marry them. And that's how the episode ends. And this is where they get married. This is the wedding. And the, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like the fact that it's like an invisible priest, yeah. like why? Just because, because they wanted to do it. Are invisible priests ordained? Like, where is he? In, where, like, how does that work? No, that's what I'm saying. I think they, yeah, they blew the budget on the other. They had whatever the minimum amount they had to pay, uh-huh. whatever the SAG lowest day yes. rate was. <laughs> yes. That's all they, they have, have to spend. No more. <laughs> so, are y'all ready for some must have facts about this episode? Yes. What? Yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, so on average, um, around for the season, for this season of I Dream of Genie, around 20.7 million people watched the season. Wow. Um, Wow. Wait, 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 wait. Every week, 20 million people tuned in to this TV show? Yeah. Wow. It was rated 26th for the season. This, this, this episode was the 26th. Sorry, what does that mean? Um, this, no, this, so during the TV season of 68 to 69, I Dream of Genie came in 26th. So there were 25 oh, so there were shows, 25 other shows that had better yeah, average better ratings average than ratings, Genie. More than 20.7 million. So, wow. Uh, I mean, that is so wild yeah. to me and makes much more sense when working in TV now and they're, and the budgets are just getting slashed and slashed and slashed. And it's because less and less people, like there's, people, those, those amount of people do not watch TV no, yeah, there's anymore. There's too many, there's so many shows. TikTok. Yeah. I mean, there's too many options, right? Yeah. I think, or not too many. There's just yeah. a lot more. I won't say too many. Cause I love, I do feel we're in a golden age TV. of TV and I, I do feel like we're blessed to have thousands of options for when it comes to television. I mean, if but I just it, wanted to watch drag content, I would not be able to watch all of it. There's so much. Right. And I, right. true. I do. True. Um, and in 1968, you had three chants, right? So, and yeah. only one drag show, I Dream of Genie. <laughs> 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 uh, so, before the week, I did using my newspapers.com account. They are not a sponsor of the podcast. I just have an account for the next six months because I let the membership go. Um, <laughs> the, which I'm using it for research, so I do need it. Um, so, the top five shows of this specific week of television uh, were number five was a Diana Ross and the Supreme special. Um, Amazing. Number four was the D. Martin show. Three was Mayberry Love. RFD, which was the Andy Griffith show without Andy Griffith. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, with Ken Berry, one of my other uh, hunky hunks. I love Ken Berry. Uh, number two, The Lucy Show. And number one, Gomer Pyle USMC starring legendary gay Jim Neighbors. So, <laughs> Wow, so Jeannie wasn't wow. even in the top five with 20 million viewers. No. 
That's insane. Yeah, yeah, like wow. the ratings are just uh, nuts. Uh, fully great. Which also just goes to show that America was it was also extremely gay back then because it's a show with the, like the like half naked beautiful Barbara Eden and her half naked evil twin is not rating. You know that America is. I mean, also it is the gayest show on TV. So, like, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> it may you couldn't well, get the straight audience. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dean had those gold diggers, so he definitely had some hot, uh, hot lady yeah. for people to watch. But uh, yeah, that's that's that is fascinating, and I. I, I love that the number one show, I couldn't even tell you anything about it, but the like number four and five, I'm like, oh, I'd love to see the Dean Martin show yeah. and then a yeah. Diana Ross special. Well, I wonder, I w- I'm interested to know more about Jim Neighbors because I love that, uh, like, I love, so like my dad loves Andy Griffith. I mean, I'm from Tennessee. Like, if you're from the South, mm-hmm. Andy Griffith is just, you know, you hold it irreverent. Um, and I love that beloved Gomer Pyle was played by a big old gay, like Jim Neighbors so gay like so out there gay even for the 70s um like and i I just it just it just tickles me that like you know more gays more gays in tv yes mike kelton put more gays on tv can you do that uh yeah sure let me (laughs) let me make a call hello (laughs) it's mike kelton calling about the gays on tv oh okay we're on it. <laughs> We're up on it. More. So the NBC Monday night lineup at this time was I Dream of Jeannie, followed by Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, and then the NBC Monday night at the movies. So honestly, those two back-to-back make a lot of sense. That totally. does make a lot of sense. And then do we know, was Bewitched on the same night? Or was it Samantha was, on a different night? I think it was a different night. It was CBS. Right. Uh, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't think it, I don't think it was on the same time. Well. They were weirdly, it was weird, like, they were the same production company, like, the same lot, like, the same crew, like, uh-huh. like it would, they all shared a lot of stuff. Genie used a lot of Bewitched sets sometimes. Um, but it was competing oh, wow. shows. And they Isn't were, like, so competitive, odd? and, like, people always pitted them against each other. But they were, like, they were friendly, really. Um, the title of this episode is a riff on How to Marry a Millionaire, which was a movie, but Barbara Eden starred in the TV show adaptation of it. As the Marilyn Monroe character, yeah. which How to Marry a Millionaire, for anyone who has not watched this movie, needs to go watch it. It is, first of all, a hilarious movie. It really has three of the strongest, funniest women in Hollywood ever. And it is a beautiful movie to watch. Uh, wow. It is it is one of my favorites. It's The humor still holds up. And also, I say this as someone who's lived in New York for about 10 years, New York is gorgeous in that movie. I just had a marry a millionaire. I'm going to write it down. Yeah. A millionaire. It's so funny. Marilyn's so funny. And I haven't seen the TV movie version with Barbara, but I'm assuming Barbara was just as funny. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a TV series that lasted, I think a whole, I think one season, maybe two seasons. Oh, I can't remember. Also, you guys, my headphones just died. It, does this sound bad? No, no, you're good. We're almost done. Just <laughs> lean in a little bit, Mike. Yeah. So it sounds almost the same. Yeah, lean in. Um, so, uh, get up in. Um, on IMDb, 104 people rated this episode a 6.8 out of 10. Would y'all go higher or lower, or do you think 6.8 out of 10 is a good quality rating for this? Uh, compared to other episodes of this series, I would rate it at least an, a, an 8, just because of the fact that Evil Genie is in it, yeah. who is my, I, one of my favorite characters of TV ever, but definitely of this of this series. Yeah, I would, I would definitely give it like it, I would give it an 8.5. 
for not only Evil Genie, which I agree with Jackie with, but but because I think the comedy is really good. I think it's yeah. like really, it, the comedy hits really hard, even, you know, 60 years later, which is cool. Yeah, I lolled and my jaw dropped for truly no reason, but it did. So this episode <laughs> did things to me. I would give it, I'll go 8.25 since I'll split the difference. Hey, Love it. Um, Love it. I feel like I know the answer to this from all three of us. Who had the must-see performance of this episode? <laughs> <laughs> and as Evil Genie. Genie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally no question. I am sorry, Hayden Rourke. You're getting the whole book out of me, so I'm not. I can't give you the. Uh, <laughs> I can't give you the musty performance of this episode. <laughs> Although they, priest, the day priest, player priest, really delivered, swinging for the fences with this. Oh my god, so much. Yeah, like I, I, I actually. Uh, speaking of TikTok television shows, I want a TikTok episode where it's that actor coming back to the lot trying to get the footage so that he could put it in his reel. Like that is, I want that scene. I see it so clearly. He did that. You know, he did. I'm really proud of this work. I didn't know. Um, yeah, you, know, you see it. You see it. Yeah, God. I just don't oh, understand God. why I still don't have the footage and it's a week later. <laughs> uh, um, and lastly, must other people see this? This episode of television yes yes yeah you have to see it just see it uh, see for a few see barbara eden really nailing it is episode and you know people often say that genie as a character is like so flighty and flimsy and one-dimensional and i think what's great is here you see barbara eden playing against that and also that kind of makes you realize just how much a creation of barbara eden the original genie mm-hmm. is right that yeah it's not just who barbara eden is like she is a real person full of these two polar poles and i think that the fact that she's able to play both sides make you appreciate her performance as good genie that much more yes that was well said, Jackie. Yeah. I can I completely agree. I just I said everything that you were about to say, like literally verbatim. So <laughs> yeah. so just re, just read just re-roll what I just yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, just like go back times. on the podcast like 30 <laughs> seconds, and that's exactly what I just said. Uh, well, thank y'all so much. Where can people find y'all on the internet to talk about I Dream of Genie and only I Dream of Genie? Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, I'm at Jackie Cox NYC across all platforms. And I am same. I'm at Jackie Cox. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am I am at Mike Kelton on all forms of social media. Yes, so let's talk me. about I Dream of Genie. Yes. Let's and, do it. And that does it for this episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guests Jackie Cox and Mike Kelton for dropping by and talking about I Dream of Genie with me. Next time, I'll be discussing The Odd Couple episode, The Odd Couples. The Odd Couples is in Season 3, Episode 7, and you can stream it on CBS All Access. I don't know why this one particular episode is not on Hulu, but it's on CBS All Access. I guess get into it. Um, until then, I want to hear from all of y'all. Follow Must Have Seen TV on Twitter and Instagram, and let's talk about sitcoms, please. And you can also follow me on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Brett White. That's a fun thing you can do. And if you like what you've heard, rate the show in Apple Podcasts because it helps in ways I don't understand, but it really does. Uh, so, lastly, read the words that are right at decider.com. Uh, do I have anything genie related that's gone up? I don't think so. But I do have a lot of drag race stuff that's gone up, so go read that. Um, uh, thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Thanks to all of y'all for listening. And I will see y'all next time on Must Have CTV. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.